Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 68 of No Credentials Required. This is brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind you to go to our social media channels. On Twitter and Instagram, it's NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. And on YouTube, just search No Credentials Required, hit the subscribe button, and hit the notifications button. That way you know new videos are up and running. On the podcast side, hit the subscribe button, tell a friend. If you're in the Mighty 518 area, tell a friend about this podcast. We cover local sports. We cover the Firewolves. We cover the Thunder. We cover... The Empire. This summer we're going to start covering the Valley Cats. And whatever local sports that is of, of your interest com- comes to mind, let me know on our social media channels. And that way I'll try to get more coverage for those particular particular sports. But on the podcast side, hit the subscribe button. Share. Share with your friends. Tell a friend about the podcast on any social, on any podcast platforms. That includes Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, basically wherever you find podcasts. If you can leave a review, leave a five-star review. You can also write a review on different podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Podchaser. I believe Spreaker has the option to write a review. And if we get a review, we'll read it on the air. Simple as that. Simple as that. I also want to give a quick shout out to the 
Tipsy Moose, the crew of the Tipsy Moose. On Wednesday, I filled in a trivia for Gaz. He was out of town. Uh, another one of his, uh, another one of his trivia guys had a family emergency, so I stepped in and took over. I had a great time at the Tipsy Moose. Dion and her crew, they're awesome. Handed out a lot of stickers. Hopefully, got some more people to listen to the podcast. And again, tell a friend about this podcast if you're the, especially in the Mighty Five One Eight. So we're going to get to this week's episode in just a second. We're going to talk about the, we're going to do the Mighty 518 Sports Review. We're going to talk about the Albany Firewolves. We're going to react to the Albany Firewolves game against Buffalo this past Saturday night. Let's talk about the Tri-City Valley Cats as well. We'll do some Tri-City Valley Cats because baseball, Major League Baseball is currently in strike mode. And I got strikeout. I'm sorry. They're currently in lockout mode, not strike mode. So this is all the owners locking out the players. But independent baseball you're not going to see that. So Tri-City Valley Cats are on. I'm talking about that a little bit more. Then we're going to transition over to Metro Metro New York Sports from an upstate point of view. Talk about the New Jersey Devils. Kind of do a review with them. I'll also talk about the New Jersey New York, excuse me. How about the New York Jets draft, uh, especially the first particularly their first 5 picks in the draft. They have 5 picks in the first 69 picks of the NFL draft this year. That includes two first rounders and two second rounders. Talk about that a little bit more. But before we get into the episode, let me talk about one of our partners at Godzilla Media. And that is Johnstone Supply. Listen, we're on the very back end of winter. I can feel it. Spring is coming in just a few weeks. But right now, winter has set in. And now it's more important than ever to make sure your furnace, make sure your furnace or boiler is ready to handle some of the, some of the additional work it's, that's currently going on this winter. Plus, what happens when it breaks down? Make sure you tell your family and friends and more place to call is Johnstone Supply in Troy at 518-272-5922. The crew at Johnstone Supply will give you the advice you need to get out of that dilemma and figure out the best solution for you. If you already know you must make a change, Johnstone Supply in Troy has the new high-efficient Goodman Furnace and NAV-EE-N boiler. Stop in the 6th Avenue to learn more or call, jo- call Johnstone Supply at 518-272-5922. And do us a favor, hit twice. For the counter guys until Tom, Kevin, James, or Rob, you heard it here on No Credentials Required. All right, let's talk about that game on front on Saturday night that took place. Very important game for the Firewolves. They had dropped their last, they had dropped two in a two in a row in a back-to-back against Buffalo and Toronto two weeks ago. They had won a wild game in San Diego against the West leading SEALs uh, last week, 15 to 14 or 14 to 13, excuse me. And this was a very important game as they would face the re- they would have a rematch against the Buffalo Bands. Let's go to the first quarter. First half, excuse me, so was was pretty wild. 15 goals scored between both teams, a pretty back and forth affair. Chris Cloutier gets gets the score going. Gets the scoring opening with a goal at 51 seconds in to give Buffalo a one-nothing lead. Joe Satarts he responds 33 seconds later with his first goal tonight. I tied the game at one, and this proceeded to give the Firewolves a run. Ryan Banesh scored a power play goal, and that made a 2-1 Firewolves at 556. John Durst, uh, Jordan Durston, excuse me, he snuck one, snuck one past uh, goaltender Matt Vince to give the Firewolves a 3-0 lead. If you look at the video, actually I posted the video on our uh, on the No Credentials Required Twitter account, 
and it did not look good. I thought I I, was, I tried to nominate it for the not top ten for Sports Center, both here and in Canada. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it made it at all. Uh, but what happened was that Durston had a last second shot, and it snuck past Vince. And you can see the ball just kind of bouncing by the line, and he accidentally and he accidentally kicked it into his, the back of his own net. The uh, uh, the Bandits tried to dispute the call, but there was no evidence to overturn it, so that made it a three-one lead for the Firewolves. At the eight forty mark, Ian McKay scored on the transition, caused on a turnover by Ethan O'Connor, that made it three-two. Then Josh Byrne, he scored on an even he scored an even strength goal, just. 53 seconds later, that was initially it was called no goal for a foot in the crease, but this was one of three challenges in the first quarter by Buffalo coach John Tavares. And uh, this one happens to get overturned. It makes it a 3-3 game. Ryan Banesh scores his second of the period. Uh, pretty nice uh, give and go, but with Andrew Q, 4-3 Firewolves. And then Dane Smith got his first of the match, tied it at 4 at the 11.34 mark. Second quarter, George Terrence doing it again. Get the scoring going at 23, just 23 seconds into the quarter. Made it 5-4 Albany. Nick Weiss would then tie the score with his first goal of the game. That made it 5-5 uh, on the assist from uh, Matt Vince. Ryan Banesh added his second from Charlie Kitchen and made it 6-5. And then Albany would get a four-minute power play. It was very important because Nick Weiss went to the box for cross-checking. Argued, slammed his stick down, and then he got an extra two, a technical foul for an unsportsmanlike conduct. Unfortunately, the Firewalls surrounded a shorthanded goal by Josh Byrne. That tied the score at six, but they would capitalize. They would capitalize as Charlie Kitchen gets his first of the game on a really wild shot to make it 7-6 Albany. And then a very, very, in a very important turn of events, at the 1023 mark, Joe Nardella, who is the faceoff man for the transition and, and in defense, he earns, well, earns, but he got himself a high sticking five minute major that gave the, that gave the bandits a five minute power play and they capitalized twice. First for, by Tahoka Nanticoke, the ex U Albany alum that made it 7 7. Then Dane Smith scored at 13 27, 26 seconds after Nanticoke's goal. And that concludes the scoring for the first half, 8-7 Buffalo, and going into the locker room. Third quarter, not a whole lot of scoring. Pretty tight go, pretty tight score, pretty tight, uh, pretty tight affair. Nancy Cook added his second, added his first of the match, which is second in the match, excuse me, 31 seconds in. That gave Buffalo a two-goal lead. Joe Satarts at 11:34. He added his second of the he added his uh he had a hat trick off a rebound. Got his own rebound off a shot. Tied the and got the uh Got the Firewolves within one. Fourth quarter, things start to get very, very, very interesting. Albany ties the score. Charlie Kitchen, his second of the match, unassisted. Dane Smith goes on the and, and again, we have uh, another very important power play. Uh, the Firewolves, unfortunately, they get an illegal substitution. They get a bench penalty served by Matt Byrne, one of their power, one of their penalty killers, and unfortunately, the. Bennett's made them pay. Dane Smith with a power play goal at 8:22 that gave Buffalo a nine a 10-9 lead. Ryan Benesh would tie the game on a low scorching shot that beat just beat Matt Vince on the on the on his left side. That tied the score at 10. Connor Fields 
another ex-Albany alum, Connor Fields, he he scored to break the tie 11-10 at 11-34, and then with just a minute and 20 and a minute and 37 seconds and a minute 37 seconds left in the game. Andrew Q passes to Jacob Brouet, who, who passes it to Joe Darcy who's cutting in and on a circus, absolute circus shot scores, ties the game. We go into overtime. Now here's what happened. Now a really strange, uh, really strange turn of events happen happens in the fourth quarter with just about, I'd say probably about less than, it was less than a minute left for sure. Probably about 45 seconds left. You see Andrew Q and you see Joris Tarts, Joris Tarts run to the back to the locker room. And we're wondering what's going on. We just, it's a really strange, weird, strange turn of events. And you see all the Albany's personnel who's supposed to be out there. He's not, they're not that, they're not out there. They were going for the final shot and they uh, unfortunately didn't have all their personnel. I'll get to that in just a second, but we go to overtime and then Buffalo wins the opening. We win the face face off and sudden death overtime. And Kyle Buchanan beats Doug Jamison for the final shot of the game. And that made it 12 11 in favor of Buffalo. That was how the game would end just 22 seconds into overtime. Heartbreaking loss for the Firewolves. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in the in the post game presser. We only had we just had uh, we had Coach Doug, uh, Coach Glenn Clark, who's the only participant in overtime and as a coach, he had to answer for the uh, answer for the players. And this is what happened in that last forty five seconds. You see George Terrence and Andrew Q run to the back, and apparently there's some sort of really strange rule for the National Lacrosse League. In terms of having to wear under leggings, you can wear under leggings, but they have to be either a certain type of legging that doesn't match the color of the uniform that the firewalls were wearing. Now, here's the thing: firewalls were wearing their their home dark red color, but Russell and Q had white under legging under leggings. They had white leggings. And for some reason, the officials told him, go to the back, change your leggings. You got to change your leggings. And this was just, I swear, this this coach for Buffalo has, has he plays some mind tricks. Because he had three, not one, not two, three challenges in the first quarter alone. One of them got, one of the challenges got overturned. Two of them were, again, he was challenging two Albany goals, including that one goal by uh, Durston that, he didn't win that. He didn't win that challenge. He also had a. He also challenged one of the one of Banesh's goals. He lost that challenge too. So why does he had so many? And and then this thing comes along with the leggings. I I don't I don't understand. It's a it's a, it's just a weird rule. So I don't know. It, it, it was a desperate. It was a desperate ploy by uh, by the coach uh, of the bandits to try to try to play tricks on the, the, the firewalls have make sure they don't have their try to stop the momentum, try to stop the firewalls momentum with those long challenges. Also to stop the offensive offensive uh, momentum for the firewalls. We're trying to get the last shot of the game. They don't have their personnel out there that they need and Buffalo steals away. I, I think they stole they stole this win. Now I think the firewolves, I think the firewolves were the better team in this game and 
Bennett's proved why they're number one. In the, uh, why they're number one in the East right now, and they're certainly the uh, they're certainly the, on the top of the league. But Albany was the better team this this game, and I think I think uh, I don't know. It, it was just a weird situation, and I I figure this is going to be uh, this is going to be a rivalry going forward. And I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that these two teams meet in the playoffs. And I'd love to see Albany knock off the Bandits. Just to get some sort of uh, measure of revenge, but Firewall's got some work to do. Right now, they are they sit. Right now, they sit at five and seven, a half game back of both Philadelphia and Georgia, who sit at five and six for the last playoff spot in the East. Right now, Buffalo is at nine and one. They sit atop the East, followed by Halifax, who the Firewolves will face this Friday night in Halifax. And then they have the Rock, the Toronto Rock, in third place at seven and four. Philly, Georgia, they're at five and six, tie at five and six, and the Firewolves are right behind them both at half a game at five and seven. Rochester sits at three and seven. Two of those wins coming against coming against Albany, and the New York Riptides sit in last place at two and eight. Out in the West, San Diego seven and two. They sit atop the West, followed by Colorado, Vancouver. Calgary, Saskatchewan, and finally Panther City, three and eight. They sit in last place in the West. So the Firewolves got some. They got some work to do. They got some work to do on the offensive side of the ball, and some. Much, they have uh, also got some work to do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Coach Coach Clark mentioned that he's not very happy with his. He's not very happy with his defense right now, and it, it kind of shows. They had some had some lapses where uh, they let some of the. They basically had some one-on-one chances with the with with the Bennett's offensive player, with the Bennett's forward, and a and a Doug Jamison all by himself. And Jamison got beat on some of these goals. And you know, Doug Jamison's the best goal. I think Doug Jamison's one of the best goalies in the league, if not the best goalie in the league. But his defense is kind of hanging him out the drive, hanging out the dry. Excuse me. So uh, they have some work to do on the defensive side, and I think that's what's going to happen over the next couple, next five games. For the Firewolves, they're at Halifax this coming Friday. The following week, they got another date with Georgia, 7 p.m. till on Saturday the 19th. They're at Nassau Coliseum to take on the Riptide. I think the Firewolves should win that game. And I know, I know that uh, Coach Clark's not looking ahead. He's just looking ahead to the next game. He's not looking ahead to a certain matchup. He says he, he mentioned in the he mentioned in the in the post game press here. He's not looking forward to five weeks down the line. He's looking forward to next week. So a six o'clock start, six o'clock Eastern time start on Friday for Halifax. And again, they got Georgia the next week at MVP Arena. Then they're at Nassau Live Calls uh, at Nassau Live Center. They also call Coliseum anymore. So Nassau Live Center. Following week, they're at Vancouver at Rogers Arena on Saturday, April 2nd. Easter weekend, Philadelphia comes to town. And then Saturday, April 30th, New York Riptide come to town for the home finale. And that'll take place. That'll be a very important game. If the if the Firewolves can stay within uh, within contention, if they can stay if they can win if they can steal a, a couple games, uh, especially against the Riptide, maybe take another one against maybe take another one against Georgia. And another one, and another one against Philadelphia. I think the Firewolves, and a, lot, and a lot needs to happen for the Firewolves, but I think they could grab that third, that fourth spot in 
in the East. I think this team is, uh, you just need to turn up a few things on defense. And I think they will, I think they'll win and take that fourth spot and hopefully, hopefully get that measure of revenge against the Buffalo Bandits in the playoffs. All right, moving on to minor league baseball now. And the reason why I say minor league baseball is because we're in a lockout in the major league, in major league baseball right now. And last week I was going to try to do, I was going to try to bring back my commissioner power rankings. Now, if you watched my show around for the weekend, it was the prelude to the comeback of no credentials required. I did a commissioner power rankings during, during basically what was the sports stoppage in the pandemic. And consistently I had in my, in my mind, Rob Manfred was the, was the bottom of the pack. And the reason why is the bottom of the pack because he was bad. <laughs> he's not a great commissioner. Anybody who says he's a very good, he's a, he's a, a pretty good commissioner. I'm going to say you were wrong. He's not a good commissioner. He, he had a chance to do what Gary Bettman did with the NHL and extend labor peace for a number of years. He didn't do that. And now we're at this point where there's no spring training. Regular season games are getting canceled. We probably won't start until until May at this point. And then you say, and what? And then you kind of say out loud, "Well, what am I going to do? How am I going? How am I going to fill my my baseball Jones for for now until Major League Baseball starts up again?" Well, five one eight. You know what you can do? You can go out and see the Tri City Valley Cats. Yes, the Tri-City Valley Cats, the the minor league baseball team. They were in the Houston Astros system for 18 years until Rob Manfred took our franchise away. <laughs> Let's put it that way. They were the three-time New York Penn League champions. They were the eight-time Stedler Division champions. They won the Stedler Division eight times in the 18 seasons they were with the New York Penn League. Unfortunately, the New York Penn League is no more because, again, Rob Manfred took it away. But the Valley Cats are currently in the Pioneer League. I'm sorry, the the Frontier League. They're in the Frontier League, which is independent baseball. They played their first season last year, finished 50-46. and 46, And this year, they're looking to go back to being in the postseason contenders. Being, being postseason contenders. Uh, last year, they lost the division by a couple of games, so... This year, they're looking to get off to a good start. Their season starts on May the 12th when they travel to Florence, and that's Florence, Indiana. They play the Florence Yalls, and then they come back, and they will play Lake Erie on Tuesday, May the 17th. So that's their home opener. They have, they're, they're playing... In the Can-Am Conference this year, so this year they've split it up in the conferences. Last year they had three divisions. This year they have two conferences. They play, they will play against teams like Quebec City and Trois-Rivières and Ottawa, Frontier, Sussex County, New Jersey, and New York. Uh, they play in the Can-Am Conference. Out west is the Midwestern Conference, Washington, Lake Erie, Florence, Evansville, Windy City, Joliet, Schaumburg, and Gateway. So if you're looking for some fun, cheap, cheap fun. I mean, come on. Think about this way. Think about this way, folks. You can travel to New York City 
You can travel to the Bronx. You can travel to Queens. You can travel to Philadelphia if you're if you're so inclined. You can go to even that place, even that place called Fenway Park in Boston. You could spend a good four hundred dollars for your family, getting between tickets, parking, concessions, souvenirs, or you could take a quarter of that and spend a night with the Tri City Valley Cats this year. So we're going to offer some more Tri City Valley Cats coverage this coming summer this coming may so i'll be splitting time between the empire and the valley cats and hopefully if the firewolves go far in the playoffs i'll be splitting time with them as well uh for for the uh Adam neck thunder i don't think they're gonna make the playoffs in the uh in the echl i'll get to them in just i don't i won't talk about them this week but we'll go over them next week uh, i'll try to have evan pivnik back on not the season's kind of uh their big travel schedule is kind of calmed down they got a lot of local stuff going on uh, with their travel, so hopefully I'll be able to get him on the next couple of weeks. But let's talk about the Valley Cats. And this year, they have unveiled their, they just recently unveiled their 2022 roster for the 20th season. Yes, the Valley, Tri-City Valley Cats have been in existence for 20 seasons. 2002, they started in the league. They started in the, at that Joe Bruno Stadium. They are still there. And they have 25 players returning from the 2021 roster, and their manager is Pete Incavilia, who used to play with the Texas Rangers, and I believe he's also played the Philadelphia Phillies. So I don't get you know, correct. You can correct me on that. But here's your Tri City Valley Cats. There's your pitching staff: Trey Cochran Gill, Herbrick Jervich Jervich Chavez, Jervich Chavez. Sorry about that. Jose Cruz, Jake Dexter, Logan Dube. Logan Dubay, Eric Heredia, Francisco Jimenez, Ryan McKay, Patrick Murphy, Donnie Speranza, Eddie Tavares, and Brian Valdez. At catcher, battery mates will include Danny Angulo, Jake Barbie, and John Nunez. They are all rejoining the Valley Cats this year. In the infield, you have Zach Bierman returning, Nelson Molina, Alexis Pantoja, Luis Ramon, and Brad Zunica. And outfielders returning this season, Chris Kweitzer, Carlos Machado, and Carson McCusker. New additions this year to the pitching staff are Anudi Acosta, Alexander Guillen, Adi Nunez, Olbis Para, catcher Roberto Pena, and outfielders Connor Oliver and Andy Seguillo. Now, for those of you who live outside of the Capital Region, Tri-City Valley Cats have had some pretty big names go from single A short season ball up here in Troy, New York. And they made it all the way up to the big time roster. They were with the other, the Houston Astros. Are they right now? They're either with the Houston Astros or with other teams. Let me read you some of the names that have played for the Valley Cats. 93 former Valley Cats players have played in Major League Baseball. And that includes Jose Altuve, George Springer, Ben Zobrist, each of those who, men who have, have won World Series MVPs. George Springer did it in 2018, and Ben Zobrist did it in 2016 with the Cubs. J.D. Martinez, Hunter Pence, they were they were both All-Stars. Gals Keuchel, Cy Young Award winner, 2020 participants Kike Hernandez and Ryan Thompson, and also right-handed pitcher Andrew Bellotti. So got some pretty big names who have gone from little old Troy, New York, all the way up to... Houston and beyond. And some of them have actually won World Series titles with 
both the Astro with either the Astros or with other teams. Hunter Pence, I know, have has won a couple with the San Francisco Giants. So you got yourselves some winners in Troy. And hopefully that winning tradition continues this year in 2021, starting on May 16th. Excuse me, May 12th, when the Tri-City Valley Cats open in Florence, Indiana to take on the Yalls. Now, in addition to the roster, addition to the schedule, they've also had unveiled their promotion schedule. I, I think I mentioned it in a couple couple weeks ago on the uh, on, on an, another edition of the check uh, the drop in, excuse me. So you might want to go ahead back and check on that, uh, check on that. But I'm gonna try to get some more guests on uh, on the on the podcast uh, regarding the Valley Cats. They start their season soon. Tra- uh, training camp starts pretty soon, so I'm looking forward to going back to the ballpark. Last year we. Kind of went to the ballpark. I didn't say we got we kind of. I didn't go at all, but uh, I know we had limited capacity because New York State guideline restrictions and guidelines. But this year, I'm planning to be back at the ballpark, either taking pictures or videos, posting them on the No Credentials Required Twitter account and Instagram account. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Let's go out into the let's go to the ball game, folks. Let's go to the ball game. If you're in the Mighty 518, support your local teams. Support local teams, whether it be the Firewolves or the Drive City Valley Cats, Albany Empire, Adirondack Thunder. Support your local pro teams. Cause and also the Albany Patroons. They just started their season a couple a couple days ago. Uh, and they beat up they beat up uh Massachusetts. And they have ex U Albany head coach Will Brown coaching in the as the coach and general manager of the Patroons. So go ahead and support your local, go support your local teams, support your local pro teams, support, support your low, your local, support your local college teams. They need all the help they can get. And it's cheap. It's cheap. You got some nice cheap options for, instead of going all the way to the city, any of of the big cities, cheap options. All right. We're going to continue with the, Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view in just a moment, but let me go ahead and tell you about another one of our partners with Godzilla Media, and that is Mohawk Honda. Listen, it's March. March has weird weather. It's like the last last week. February has weird weather. March has even weirder weather. As I record this on Monday night, yesterday it was 60 degrees. Tomorrow it's probably not going to hit 40, and probably going to be in the 20s overnight, and we got wind. So winter comes in, goes goes out, like a, a spring comes in like a line and out like a lamb. And right now we're headed towards spring, but Mohawk Honda, they always have great deals for you. Stop in a Mohawk Honda, check out their broad selection of pre-owned inventory. They are there to help, help you find the right make model and price point to fit your budget. Their goal is to meet, help you meet your goals. Let Louis, the VIP man, Morales, Jake hot sauce Doyle, 
Cars with Kern Swoboda or Mark from Clifton Park. Ellis Jr. connect you up with the perfect deal. And right now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with a Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. That's right, folks. Same day check in your hand for the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian, buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Bennis, Nicole Osero, or Cam. Let's do a deal. McKenna can also see my guy, Easy Evans Whalen. Again, all their sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. Start the new year right. Well, start the first quarter right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. So, actually, I'm going to start with the New York Jets. And the reason why I'm starting with the New York Jets is because recently, this past week actually, was the NFL Combine. Now, say what you will about the NFL Combine. You know, Colin Kaepernick has his point of view. I will not mention his name again on this podcast. I promise you that. But the combine is a is a weird scouting tool. You have yourself the forty yard run. You've got uh, guys trying to make trying to make catches. You got awesome offensive line drills, defensive line drills, quarterback drills, weightlifting, jumps, all sorts of stuff, shuttle runs, <laughs> just to prove that you are the best of the best and you deserve to make the top. You deserve to make the first round. So this year for the Jets, they're going to have 10 picks in the NFL draft. That includes two first round picks. Thanks, Jamal Adams. Two second round picks. Thanks, Sam Donald. And a third round pick, not to mention four fourth round picks and a fifth round pick to end their draft order. But, Recently on BellyUpSports.com, I wrote an article about who the Jets should take for their first five picks in the NFL draft. So let's start off with number four overall. First round, fourth overall, I have the Jets taking Kayvon Thibodeau. Now, I think they should draft Thibodeau because basically at this point in the draft, unless something unless something really fluky happens, Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, they'll likely be gone. Uh, Daryl uh, Derek Stingley Jr. He's kind of a wild card because he didn't participate in the combine. He's going to do his own pro day for L- he's going to do a uh, pro day with LSU. I believe he's fighting foot injuries at the moment. He's healing from a foot injury, so he didn't take part in the combine. But those two guys will probably be gone when the fourth pick comes down, and that might not necessarily be a bad thing. The thing that Jets lacked last year on defense was an ample pass rush. Carl Lawson never made the field. Torres Achilles tendon in a preseason scrimmage against Green Bay. They thought they had a diamond. The Jets thought they had a diamond in the rough with Bryce Huff. He had a huge game against Tennessee and then kind of vanished off the face of the earth until he wound up on season ending IR in early November. Now having Bryce, now having Kayvon Thibodeau and Carl Lawson on the edges. And Quinn Williams and John Franklin Myers in the middle. That's going to give the Jets their first real sack threat since I want to say the Mangini uh, Main Street Shuffle days, <laughs> where he had, he had guys like Sean. El- I mean, so the early two thousand, excuse me, when they had Sean Ellis and John Abraham, those guys terrorized quarterback opposing quarterbacks, and I miss those days big time. So. Having Lawson on one side and Thibodeau on the other side at edge would give the Jets a huge advantage, and that would cause so much havoc on opposing quarterbacks. 
There's a couple of other selections I could I could see the Jets taking. I could, I could see them ta- I could see them taking Tyler Tyler Lindenbaum, the best center prospect in ages, and he's a big Iowa guy. I I think the Jets could possibly take him if Thibodeau's gone. Derek Stingley Jr. again. I think he's a wild card because he didn't participate in the in the in the combine because uh, he was healing up from an injury. So he could be taken by the Jets here because they need help at corner. Evan Neal help at tackle. Again, we had that Joe Sala truth bomb basically at the senior role when he when he said that uh, Makai Becton wasn't guaranteed a starting spot at left tackle. And I don't know if you got a chance to see some of uh, his Instagram, Makai Becton's Instagram. Take a look as one. Take a look at one of his stories. I believe it was New Jersey NYJ Matt on Twitter had posted that. He had posted workout sessions from Makai Becton. He's working out. He's getting. I, I think. I think those words by Sala put put a uh, uh, not. I wouldn't say a seed of doubt, but a seed of determination in him. And I think he's working hard to get back on the field as soon as possible. I, I think at minicamp he's going to kill everybody. <laughs> he's going to try to kill anybody that gets put in front of him. And that might include Carl Lawson or, or Kayvon Thibodeau, but, 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 you know, I mean, if, if the Jets take, if Evan Neal's available, I mean, Joe Douglas's philosophy has been since he became general manager and had those two draft and had those two drafts in 2021 and 2020 to take the best player available. If Kayvon Thibodeau's gone, if he impressed the, impressed the Jaguars or the Lions or, uh, or the Texans enough, for one of those teams to take him, I think I think the Jets will take either Lindenbaum, who they can move between center and center and guard, uh, or just a straight up center, put him at center, McGovern at right guard, or they take Stingley, or they take Evan Neal. There's also a, there's also Equanu from North uh, North Carolina State. He's a big prospect. He could be taken at right tackle. We'll see from there, but I think they take Kayvon Thibodeau at edge fourth overall, first round tenth overall. I think the Jets go receiver. I think they take Drake London. And I know they want to help Zach Wilson by getting him defensive guys who can who can help him get the ball back because they love what he can do with the they love what Wilson can do with the ball. He matured a lot. He his development was was big in the last six weeks of the six weeks of the season. Didn't turn the ball turn didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Threw the ball away when we need to, showed showed some maturity. Didn't have to play hero ball all the time. But I think at this spot you have to take a wide receiver, and it could be one of one of two guys. It could be, uh, it could be uh, Williams from. It could be Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. It could be Williams from Alabama, who's coming off us, who's coming off a, coming off an ACL tear. But I think they take Drake London here, and this is the reason why I think they take a wide receiver. If you didn't hear the news today, if you've been living under a rock, if you're a, if you're a football fan, you've been you've been kind of blind to the news, you've been kind of deaf to the news of what's going on with Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons, who after seven weeks last year took the rest of the season off for mental health to deal some mental health issues. Uh, bravo on him. However, it was revealed today by the NFL that he has been suspended for the entire 2021 season because he was participating in betting on football games <laughs> and it's a wild story. Some stuff is still coming out for uh, some stuff is still coming out 
in terms of what happened, what he did, how much he bet. I think he bet $1,500 on a five-leg parlay, and that included, and that somehow included his own Falcons team. I mean, holy cow. The Jets were, the Jets, I thought a lot of fans, including myself, if you go back and listen to our, uh, to my, to my round table with my guys, Dan and Kyle, a couple weeks ago, we were all high on Joe Douglas trading for Calvin Ridley. Well, that's over. You can bet your butt that's over. I know, bad, bad joke, Ryan. Uh, I, you can see that, well, Calvin Lee, I think those chances are gone. Um, Amari Cooper, I think he could be released or the Cowboys could franchise tag him. But if they can't land either wide receiver, I think they take a, I think they take one of the best prospects in the draft. And one of the best prospects in the draft is Drake London. And again, like Stingley, he didn't, participate in the combine he's coming off a broken ankle now before he broke his ankle he played eight games for usc had 88 receptions 88 receptions for 1084 yards and seven touchdowns he's one of those he's one of those receivers who can get go uh, throw ball get ball come down with ball he could have been he could be what denzel mims should have been in 2019 and 2020 but Denzel Mims didn't seem to put enough effort into his development. And right now it's, it's stunted and he is in Robert Sala's dog doghouse. But I think they go, I think they go offense. I think they go defense first, then offense at 10. I think they take Drake London. Now some alternate selections, Garrett Wilson. I mentioned him. He's one of those. He's another one of those studs. He's an, he's an Ohio state guy. I think he, I think that I think, but I think the bears take him uh, with their second, with their uh, top 10 pick or the giants take him with the bears <laughs> top 10 pick from that, uh, uh, from that fields trade. Uh, they take, they could take Charles cross. Who's a right tackle from, uh, from Texas A&M. Or Mississippi State, excuse me, Mississippi State. Uh, they can also take George Karloftis if if Kayvon, if Kayvon Thibodeau is now available. George Karloftis from Purdue, he could be available at ten. Take that ed- and take that edge. Uh, take that second edge, the, the second best edge prospect in the draft. Uh, so Jets have options here if 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 uh, London's gone or they don't want to go with a receiver or they want to go at depth at tackle or offensive line. They take Cross or they take Karloftis if. Thibodeau's not there if they take Tyler Lindenbaum first over as a number four pick. Second round, pick 35. I, I, have them, I have the Jets taking Jordan Davis of Georgia. Now, the reason why I have, I have the Jets taking Jordan Davis of Georgia, he seems like a one-trick pony. He can stop the run. He's a run stopper. He's definitely a run stopper. He's one of those. He's a, a big dude. 6'6", 341 pounds. But here's the reason why I see the Jets taking him early second round. Uh, he could, he might be gone in the late in the first round, depending on uh, how the how the draft goes. But this is the biggest reason why. Is there's three reasons why I have the Jets taking him at 35: Foley, Fadakasi, Sheldon Rankins, Nathan Shepard. Foley and Shepard are free agents. They're going to test the. Free, I think they're going to take the, test the free agent market. Sheldon Rankins, he signed a two-year deal with the Jets last offseason. I think he he'll be op, they'll take the option and have and either buy him out or they'll cut him all together to save some cap money so they can spend in the so they can spend in the cap some spend some of that cap money on a fruit on a huge big free agent uh, on a big free agent signing. But 
they're going to need some guys to come in and stop, help stop the run on the interior line. And I think that's where Jordan Davis comes in. And Davis was one of those guys. He's one of the most dominant defensive linemen in the, in the, in college football last year. The one knock, the one that knocks on him was his speed. Scouts didn't think he was fast enough, but the combine, he ran a 4.7840 yard dash at six foot six and 341 pounds. 478. That's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous speed. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous speed. So I had the Jets taking Davis. If he's not gone by then, I had the Jets taking him at 35th overall. First pick in the second round. Then the second round at 38. I'm sorry, alternate selections. I, I think Leo Chanel, who is a linebacker, he could be taken. Jawan Brisker, who is the second best, I think, the second or best, second or third best safety prospect from Penn State. He might be here. The Jets might take him if they need him because they need sa- they need safety help. Uh, with with uh, Marcus May probably testing the market. Ashton Davis's crawl. Um, Jordan Pinnock. He'll probably play at safety. He'll probably play play at strong safety next year. And Sky Moore, who is uh, another safety prospect, so could take one of those guys as an alternate selection. So second round, thirty eighth overall. I had the Jets. And I think most most Jets fans here have them taking Trey McBride from Colorado State, tight end from Colorado State. Now this system, this system that the Jets have on offense, uh, Mike uh, Mike Lafleur system, needs a George Kittle type tight end. They need a guy who can run block. They need a guy who can catch the ball, catch it at a high point. And the Jets got to see him not only at the combine. But they also got to see him at the senior uh, at the senior bowl. They had an up close and personal look at McBride before anybody else could. And could you imagine if you're a Jets fan right now? This might be in your this might be in your nocturnal this might be in your nocturnal emissions. <laughs> uh, try not to be gross, but this is going to be in your nocturnal emissions. Dalton Schultz and Trey McBride. As your future wider, as your future tight ends, because let's put it this way: the Jets haven't had a franchise tight end since basically ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you had Mike Mickey Schuler, you had Kyle Brady, you had Dustin Keller, who got murdered on Monday Night Football, and then his career went southward. But they haven't had a, a tight end of their own, a homegrown tight end, to really call their own, and. Dalton Schultz, they could break the bank for him, certainly. But McBride would be is probably the, is is the, is definitely the number one tight end prospect of this draft. Don't you know, you, you, hands down. But the Jets got to see him up close and personal. He had 91 receptions for 1,125 yards. He basically had a third of the passing offense for Colorado State in 2021. The Jets fans want Jets fans love him. I think the Jets love him too. Ron Middleton has probably can't say enough words about him. He's probably he's probably texting and calling Joe Douglas day and night, seeing him at the at the Senior Bowl, seeing him at the Combine, and I think I think the Jets are going to take him at thirty eight. And, and a lot of people, a lot of a lot of pundits are out there saying other Jets podcasts are probably saying, yeah, let's calm down. 
he'll probably be later. He'll probably be available later, or he'll probably be taken by somebody else. But or the Jets might trade down this pick and try to steal him like they did with Denzel Mims back in 2020. But I think the Jets love him enough, and I think Trey. I think Trey McBride has also said the Jets love me, <laughs> and uh, they could they could they can they could take him here. Now, there's other alternate selections if he's not available or they decided to pass on him. Troy Anderson, Montana State, converted quarterback. He's a nice, he would be, a, he would make a nice inside linebacker. Uh, I think he would make a nice inside linebacker uh, compliment to uh, to middle linebacker uh, CJ Mosley. The Jets need a, the Jets need a Sam linebacker. Uh, I think Troy Anderson would fit in the spot. Brandon Smith's another name is kind of, kind of floating out there. Brees Hall, Running back, I think the Jets are all set at running back with Michael Carter in the backfield. I think he's he's there. He stood out and became above and beyond their running back one. I don't think they need another running back at this point. I mentioned in another article, but I think right now they're they're standing pat at running back. Might add some more depth in the free agency. We'll see from we'll see. Uh, third round at sixty nine. I have the Jets taking Dylan Parham, right guard at from Memphis. Uh, Jets were a mess last year at right guard. And part of the reason why is because of Greg Van Roten. He was wildly, wildly inconsistent. Terrible one week. Great the next. Terrible the next two weeks. Then great. And then eventually he was supplanted for Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who was brought in from Kansas City. Now, fun thing, fun fact about that deal. He was traded to Kansas City. He was traded, he was brought in from Kansas City for Dan Brown. Because apparently the uh, the Chiefs needed depth at tight end, they eventually went up waving him. The Jets took it, the Jets re-signed him <laughs> because uh, because uh, um, Tyler Croft went down with an injury, and well, basically the Jets got two for one for two, one for one, and then two for zero. <laughs> but Laurent Duvernay Tardif had seven starts, pretty solid effort in at right guard in his seven starts. Uh, depending on what happens for agency. Now, I don't, I, I doubt that they'll bring Van Roten back. Uh, I doubt they'll bring Dane Feeney back. I think it would, it's going to take some convincing, but they could bring back uh, Dr. Duvernay Tardif. If he doesn't, if he doesn't leave and if he doesn't retire and becomes a doctor full-time in his home in, Mont- in Montreal, I think he comes back for a year. Maybe he got a discounted price of seven or $8 million, but the Jets could always use more more depth at offensive line. It never helps to have depth at offensive line. And I think Par- Parham gives him the Jets some versatility on the right side of the ball. Uh, he he was a, he started as a tackle in 2020. He moved to right guard in 2021. He has 78.8 rating on his way to first team American Athletic Conference honors. And again. They need a guy who could play either right guard or center, move him back and forth between positions. I think if uh, if if McGovern, if uh, Connor McGovern, he uh, goes down with an injury, you put you have you have Duran Tardif starting at right guard with Parham as his backup. But if either Duvernay Tardif or McGovern go down with an injury. You can plug Parham in either one of those positions. I think he'll be there at 69, and the Jets will take him because they need some depth at the at the uh, offensive line spot. Alternate selections, and again, this is this is 
depending whether or not they take uh, Linderbaum in the first round. But even I think even if they take Linderbaum instead of uh, uh, instead of Thibodeau, I think they just still take Parham just to plug in at right guard because that often that right guard spot is just is suspect has it was, has been suspect the last two seasons, especially this past season. Alternate selections here: Josh Paschal, I think, is a linebacker. Christian Watson, wide receiver from North Dakota State, he could be a prospect. Darian Beavers at line is at linebacker. He played for Cincinnati, helped the Bearcats earn their spot in the college football playoff, and he might make a nice addition once C.J. Mosley is starting to come along in years. Uh, that would be nice to have Beavers there as kind of his understudy, learn from him, and then dominate that position for years to come. So. That's my top five picks for the New York Jets. That's who I I have them picking or wishful or that's my wish list, so to speak. And that's why I have them picking their top five picks in the NFL draft. Two in the first round, two in the second round, one in the third round. I've also got four fourth round picks. It's going to be Jets after Jets after Jets there. And then fifth round pick and then they're done. No sixth round or seventh round pick, I believe. When their sixth round picks went to Indy or Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. That's where it went to at Pittsburgh. That was from last year's draft. That's that's your Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view segment. And we're going to end things here on a high note because I'm flying high with the draft coming. Free agency starts next week. Only if you're listening on the podcast side uh, and it's Tuesday, it's only eight more sleeps until NFL free agency starts lots and lots of movement. I think the Jets are going to do some. They're going to try to smash it out of the park with, with the uh, with free agency. Try to get themselves either Dalton Schultz or maybe Marcus Williams or somebody else. It's going to be a fun free agency period. I think the Jets could 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 put some pieces in that's going to help both Zach Wilson and or the defense right away. But here's to hoping. Here's to hoping. All right, it's going to end thing. All right, that's going to end things for this edition of No Credentials Required. Is, uh, thank you again for listening. Go and support us. Follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram, NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ. And on YouTube, search for No Credentials Required. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notifications button for when new videos are released. If you want to support the show, Go to our bonfire store. Go to bonfire.com. Search no credentials required. We've got a couple t-shirts. We've got a hoodie. We've got some charity t-shirts, design t-shirts. We've got ladies tees. So support the show that way. Next episode, episode 69. Nice. We're going to have Ducon Williams. Next episode, which is episode 69. Nice. We're going to have Ducon Williams from Arena Football Statement. And we're going to talk some, we're going to talk some of, of his passion for the arena football version of the game. We're going to talk about the national arena league. He's a big, he's a big Columbus Lions fan. I'm a big Albany. I cover the Albany empire up here in New York. We're going to talk about the NAL. Let's talk about some of the rule changes from ne- from last year. Kind of similar, kind of a similar interview to what I did with Zach Kalman a couple episodes ago. Actually, the last episode, I should say. Uh, so go back and listen to that if you want to review some National Arena League coverage. We're going to talk about our, our our passions for indoor football, how we want these leagues to succeed and to grow, how to grow the game in spring. Hopefully the XFL and the USFL and the and the uh, any other spring leagues that come along doesn't they don't threaten 
indoor fo- the existence of indoor football. But we're going to talk about that next episode. Episode 69, it'll be on Friday. Release will tape interview will tape on Thursday. Podcast release on Friday. Go on Burns Radio at five o'clock on Friday night. And on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on bellyup.tv is going to be the ver- going to be the video version of that interview with Ducon Williams. Can't wait to talk to that guy. And as always, in the archives, you can go back and listen to past episodes of No Credentials Required and help support the show, help build the show. If especially if you're in the Mighty 518. Let a friend know about this podcast. We want to help it grow. Be one of the best podcasts in the Capital Region. The most listened pod- to podcasts in the Capital Region. I really would appreciate it. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I've been your host of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We'll talk to you again next time. Music courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out on supporters music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 